Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Well, doesn't want the off ramp. <laughs> shake the, his head around. Her, <laughs> doesn't want the off ramp. Okay. Dang, that horse got mad. Yeah. So, um, got a beauty contest story for you here, okay? <laughs> Miss Argentina and Miss... Puerto Rico. Uh, two very attractive ladies. Oh, yes, I've heard about these. Yeah. Miss Argentina and Miss Puerto Rico revealed they're married Ta-da. to each other. <laughs> um, uh, Mariana Varela and Fabiola Valentin met at the 2020 Miss Grand International competition in Thailand, where they represented Argentina and Puerto Rico. So after making it to the pageant top 10, the two appeared to remain close friends on social media. What fans didn't know is they were secretly dating the whole time. They posted matching Instagram reels showing moments from the relationship, including walks on the beach, uh, champagne toast, and a proposal with gold and silver balloons spreading out saying, marry me. So, yeah, two beauty con- uh, contestants, beauty queens who are now married to one another. Okay, I'm sorry, got... I still can't get over the horse wanting Jordan to Still working that, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. Stop. Almost All like right. patent leather. Like gonna... walking around like a bronco. Yeah. All right. I'm going to give you uh, uh, one other animal-oriented story. Uh, our man Bobby sometimes sends us stuff that comes from the New York Post, and the headline is "Family Turns Beloved Dead Golden Retriever into Rug." Yeah, I saw Whoa, this. No. Um, no. Many pet owners find ways to honor their pet's memory after they pass, but one family may have taken man's best friend a little too far after an Australian family's golden retriever passed. They decided to turn their beloved pet into a rug. Golden retrievers are so pretty. Yeah, that's why they wanted him as a rug after he passed away. Pet taxidermy, right? While some might find the memento disturbing... Pet taxidermy is becoming a popular way to honor a pet, according to the professional who was hired by the family. Maddie, the owner of Melbourne-based company Chimera Taxidermy, told Yahoo News Australia, pet taxidermy has only really become more popular in the last five years or so. So it's a very new thing to see for most people. So they made a rug out of their goldies. This is one of those deals that I used to joke about with my wife. Like, hey, you know, the dogs die, should we just, like, stuff them and set them in the corner? But people are actually doing that. Now. For for you uh, OGs like me, you guys won't know this. Remember this: the old uh, movie uh, Cowboy Roy Rogers, his his horse Trigger, mm-hmm. Ed Forever. When Trigger finally passed away, yeah, had him stuffed, life size, there in the house. I've already decided that when when my dogs go, I'm scattering scattering their ashes in the San Marcos River, both of them. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that'll work. It's where they're happiest. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. It's a good point. All right, so there it is. There's your inconceivable for uh, this hour. Uh, Jeff is going to uh, make his way to the Sark Zoom uh, I'll make my presser. Way to the office over Snoop's office across the hall. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It'll take like 15 steps from us. Pretty much. And then when that's done, Jeff will pop back in with a recap of it for his second hour Longhorn Notebook. We also have a Flex 30 update where we're going to run down the list of the games that have been moved from Friday to tonight. 
in high school football around the area. I'm so. picturing that horse throwing a temper tantrum, Jeff. His yeah. Ah, darn it. He yeah. didn't laugh. I know he's going to yeah. anyway. Yeah, that's, nope. that, that's true. He, he's picturing the horse throwing a temper tantrum. You <laughs> <laughs> didn't get me the ones I want. Yeah. yeah. I didn't want Reeboks. You wanted Jordan 1s. Childish yeah. horse. Yeah. <laughs> it's a spoiled right. horse. Speaking of childish, this program, I'll tell you. We got hour number two coming up on Light the Tower. It's Light the Tower, your daily look around the world of sports with Hall of Fame broadcaster and voice of the Texas Longhorns, Craig Way, and Horns 24-7 insider, Jeff Howe, on your live, local, and independent home for sports talk in Austin, The Horn. Second hour of Light the Tower on the Horn. Craigway, Jeff Howe will be back with us here in a few minutes. He is uh, hopping in on the uh, media availability, the uh, Zoom availability for uh, Longhorns head coach Steve Sarkeesian. So that uh, Zoom availability for Sark about to get going. And uh, then uh, Jeff will be back in uh, after that. Uh, Snoop Daniels alongside and uh, we've got some other things to get to uh, this hour. First of all, as we uh, always do, we have clean up from uh, hour number one of the program. And uh, so uh, CB and others uh, pointing out um, that uh, an RIP for uh, Ray Guy, who was uh, the great punter, for the Raiders for all those years, and the first punter, I believe, true punter to go into the Pro Football Hall of Fame has uh, passed away. So um, That's the, the, the award namesake for him, right? The Ray Guy Award for the best punter? Uh, yes. Okay. Yeah, the Ray Guy Award. Absolutely, in college football. Absolutely, the Ray Guy Award. Uh, Sean, number three, says, any news on the Lake Travis quarterback D committing? Uh, Bo Edmondson did decide to open up uh, his recruitment and uh, made that announcement uh, on Twitter that uh, he is decommitting from Michigan State and is opening up his recruitment uh, on that. Hope he stays closer to home. Uh, yeah, may I mean somebody asked where can you go to listen to past episodes of shows on the Horn and HornFM dot com. It's very very simple. Go to that. Snoop is always uh, placing our programs into on the podcast page. Correct. Yes, and segments too, in case you don't want a whole hour. Yes, yeah. There's <laughs> like there's the longhorn notebooks, etc. Yeah, yeah, there's there's some uh, there's some stuff there. Um, so uh, uh, somebody said, "I've I've uh, oh, it's uh, revved up Rodney, our friend uh, Rodney Rodriguez." He said, "I've got uh, Vandegrift and Westwood, then Mainers, uh, Mainers Stony Point tomorrow. Will the reschedules this? Would it become a, a double header?" Uh, I've not heard that. What? Oh. No, no, he's asking the oh. question. He's not making a statement. Oh, I was like, whoa, hold no, on. No, 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 <laughs> no. Uh, relax. That would be wild. Yeah, uh, no, uh, there's there's no word that that game has been moved yet. Um, 
But I, I tell you what, let's go ahead and do Flex 30 now. Yeah, yeah, we might as well jump into this because folks are asking about games. There's there's several games. Flex ATX for the best high school sports coverage. Listen to the horn and go to flxatx.com. Flex 30 is brought to you by Brain Vault. Brain Vault is a revolutionary and patented mouth guard that has been proven to help reduce the risk of concussion. Visit brainvault.com and join the movement. Okay, um... I mentioned this last hour that our friend Greg Tepper from Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine had tweeted out that I believe 230 games are being played tonight as a result of rescheduling Friday and Thursday games. The vast majority of those games being rescheduled are in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Because it's supposed to get really, really bad in the Metroplex tomorrow and over to East Texas. Uh, and, and that's why a lot of those have been rescheduled. In the greater Austin area right now, only definitely confirmed are these four games that we have right now. Uh, Westlake and Buta Johnson. Coach Tony Salazar was in studio with us right before the decision was made. And he said, I've got to visit with Coach Hoffman again, and we'll know. And sure enough, he, he texted me back with within 30 minutes after we got off the air and said it had been set. And it's and it's 7 o'clock tonight at Chaparral Stadium. So it's not a 7.30 kickoff. It's 7 o'clock tonight at Chap Stadium. Uh, Westlake and Buta Johnson. Of course, Westlake trying to go for 50 consecutive wins, making them sole possession of third place on the all-time consecutive wins streak. They'd be 7 uh, back of Allen uh, for second, and I believe 18 back of Salina for the uh, the late 90 Salina, 98 through 01. So they would have to win, technically win state, and then the first game of next year to tie Allen. That's right. And and if they ran the table uh, this year, one state, and ran the table and played 16 games next year, uh, let's see. That would give fifty-six. Yeah, that would uh, that would break the record. They would break the because the, the record's sixty-eight all time. So that's that's where that is. But uh, that's that game has been rescheduled. Hayes and Layman have been rescheduled. Uh, neither side is uh, is uh, going to qualify for the playoffs. So might as well go ahead and make sure they can get that rivalry game in. They'll play at Bob Shelton Stadium tonight at seven o'clock. Hutto and Weiss playing at Hippo Memorial. Uh, over in Hutto, and uh, Hutto is missing the playoffs. I think what for the only heartbreaking. Uh, well, oh I think I think they're they're missing the playoffs for only I believe it's the second time since 2014. Man. I think I think it is, and um, so they're they're going to miss out uh, on the playoffs. You know, in in a tough 6A district that they were in, certainly, but. Um, Good story in Weiss in their first year as a 6A program. Weiss is headed for the playoffs. And the word that we're getting is that the Weiss-DeSoto by-district playoff game would be next Thursday. So at least it would give them the full week's prep time by doing that. So uh, so anyway, that's that's tonight over at Hutto. The Van Meter Bowl. Yeah, that's right. And uh, and then Lago Vista and Gerald. And uh, th- that's essentially for third place in uh, 13-482. So uh, that's that's an important matchup there. Uh, as Gerald qualified for the playoffs 
by beating Maynard. Two new tech last week. Lago Vista lost a heartbreaker to Wimberley. Otherwise, they'd have a shot at at least a share of a district title. But now it's set up with both of their losses coming to the top two teams, Wimberley and uh, Geronimo Navarro. As a result of that, uh, they'll be either third or fourth. So That's an iron sharpens iron, Austin-centric 4A district for yeah, sure. Yeah, absolutely, uh, before they get going. So uh, there's those games that we know for sure that have been reached. Oh, there's, a, um, there's another one, too. Westlake, Buta Johnson, Hayes, Lehman, Hutto, Weiss, Lago Vista, Gerald. Is there another one? Yeah, I think uh, also Giddings game has been uh, been rescheduled for tonight. So uh, we'll... We'll endeavor to make sure. And I'm updating these flexatx.com. Yeah. Flexatx. Yeah. I I want to make sure. Mm -hmm. I don't think Smithville Caldwell has been rescheduled. And Smithville, of course, can uh, lock up their playoff spot by beating Caldwell if they can do that. And uh, Caldwell hasn't won a game this year, so there's a a decent chance uh, of that happening. So uh, those are the ones that we know for sure. And I believe also that I saw, and I was like, well, there was – Ooh. Oh, um, also, let me pull it up. Uh, Vets Memorial Cedar Creek is tonight. Okay, They've moved that you. forward. Giddings so, Smithville is actually important because, if I'm not mistaken, if Giddings wins, it's that, not Giddings Smithville. Smith uh, Smithville's already the beat oh, Giddings. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, no, Smithville is playing Caldwell. Okay, okay, so yeah, they can't get in. All right, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh. So, but uh, and and again, as far as I know, that oh, also Eastview Leander. Now that game. Uh, that game, I believe, was already set for tonight, wasn't it? Uh, that, so that's a, that's a Thursday night game. So there's that. Uh, so there's a, a couple other ones that are there that are set for Thursday. We uh, on on Flex ATX, the listing was of schools that had it rescheduled from Friday to Thursday. There are other games that were already scheduled for Thursday, like for example, uh, Vandegrift and Westwood, which was already scheduled for tonight. Uh, the game that you can hear on 1019 and AM 1260. Uh, LBJ and Crockett, which you can hear on 1053, the bat. That was already scheduled for Thursday as well. So uh, it was the ones that had been moved forward to Thursday uh, is, is another one there. And, uh, and I think that also applied to Vets Memorial and Cedar Creek. I think that was already scheduled for Thursday as well. Giddings at Gonzalez, uh, and, and that one is, is an important one. Giddings can get a playoff spot with a win if they can beat Gonzalez. Gonzalez has been very interesting because uh, they've lost some games. You went, really? And then they, like, hammered Smithville, and Smithville got a big win over LaGrange but lost. So there's been a big jumble beneath Cuero, of course, who is the uh, champions and one of the top teams in the state. Oh, they're really good. (laughs) They're really good. They are a legitimate uh, state championship contender in 4A Division II. Uh, So there it is. There's the – Good job, Jerry Peacock. Yeah, he's done a really good job there uh, in uh, in his uh, first season down there. So uh, somebody asked about, uh, uh, on the Specs text line, about Hearn and Thorndale. Um, Thorndale still has a shot at at least sharing a district title with a win, but they had to beat uh, Hearn to do it. And I think, by the way, that's going to be one of the better games uh, in the area to uh, keep an eye on, in fact. Hearn and... Yeah, Hearn and Thorndale. Uh, would you like to uh, know what the computer... Always. ...would think about? Well, you you know, you say, Snoop, always. Yes. <laughs> and then when I tell you these, what the computer is projecting on these, 
then you get a little butt hurt. You get a little mad. You get a little feelings hurt. And then you're mad at the computer and all that. And the computer's just telling you what the information says it should be. You do realize that, don't yes, you? You I, get, you get kind of, kind of upset about that. Uh, uh, all right, uh, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to tell you this uh, Thorndale Hearn uh, matchup, and uh, because we had somebody asking about it on the uh, Specs text line, and then I'll, uh, I'll give you a couple other of the uh, computer readouts what the computer is saying about some of these. While I'm pulling this up. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, we talked about the Astros last hour, and they tried to get a stranglehold with Justin Verlander going back to the mound tonight, and uh, it's it's a risk for the Phillies. They're going with Noah Syndergaard. Now, Syndergaard, of course, has had some great seasons, but he's had arm trouble. He has not pitched in a month, over a month. October 1st is the last time he pitched. So they were planning it as a bullpen game. So the Phillies are are kind of rolling the dice on this because – if they lose, they're going back to Houston down 3-2 with Framer Valdez ready to take them out in game six. And that's going to be difficult. If they get the win, they know at the very least if they don't get a good outing uh, in game six and fall to the Astros back in Houston and Framer Valdez, they come back with Ranger Suarez in game seven, who pits so well in game three. Uh, but it's a calculated risk. There's, uh, there's no doubt about it. It's got to be the biggest game Noah Syndergaard's ever pitched. I mean, it's the World Series, but sure. I mean, being from Texas, I, I think he went to Mansfield or something like that. That's right, right. So it's it's big. Okay, yeah. so here's the deal. Uh, Thorndale is playing Hearn. The computer likes uh, Thorndale. They like the Bulldogs by eleven. Uh, Flatonia is going to be the top seed of the district because they beat Thorndale. But Thorndale could at least share the district title if. Flatonia loses at Holland, and that's and and before you say, oh, well, that's not going to happen. Holland's going to be in third place. Holland could actually tie for second uh, with a winner of Flatonia with Thorndale, and could actually make it a three-way tie for the district title. And uh, Flatonia, uh, then it would come down to a point differential thing. So if Flatonia wins, then uh, they they wind up going perfect through district play. Uh, Thorndale would finish second with a win because they own the head-to-head on Holland. And Hearn is at 3-2, and two, but they could climb up in the uh, standings with a win. And, again, uh, the computer likes them, uh, likes uh, Thorndale by 11 points. So that's that's your deal with that. Okay. Uh, you, you say you wanted to know some of these uh, uh, hey. computer projections, right? You promised not to get I'm, upset no, about this I'm deal? I'm not going to say how I'm going to react, but I do want to know. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh uh, you want to know about um, uh, Weiss and Hutto? Definitely. Okay. Uh, computer thinks Weiss by 11. Okay. All right. Uh, you want to know about 25-6A? Yes. Okay. First of all, tonight, uh, the computer is on board with Vandegrift by 48. Um, uh, you know, just just to let you know. Well, they lost to Maynard 44 to 9 last week. So right. Right. Um then um Round Rock uh against Vista Ridge, very important game for Vista. Uh and and Thomas Jones did a good uh, little sliding scale comparison uh what he did uh from the Austin American Statesman. I I I thought it was kind of kind of funny uh what what uh, Thomas did uh when he when he looked at the 25 uh, 6A uh, breakdown and uh, how it could be 
uh, a real mess. And we we got into all kinds of minutiae about it yesterday. But he did the tw- the, the sliding scale on this. Uh, I, I mentioned yesterday that uh, Maynard would clinch a playoff spot uh, if if uh, Vista Ridge loses and Maynard wins by five, and Cedar Ridge can secure a postseason spot with a win by eight or more. Now, if Vista Ridge loses by more than eight to Round Rock, then Cedar Ridge and Maynard both get in with any win. So against that backdrop, the computer is picking Round Rock by 23. So if, if that's why I said Vista Ridge's best hope is short of the upset, of course. If they win, they're in. But if they lose... Cannot lose by more than eight, and even then, the other two would have to win by very small margins. So there's a, there's a lot going on there uh, with that. All right, um, Mayner uh, and uh, Stony Point. Yes. Uh, computer likes Mayner by nine. And that one. You said that might be the most intriguing. I think that's going to be. I think that'll be a one possession game, and I think Weiss Hutto is going to be way emotional. It'll be one. It'll be okay. one possession. And and you're not feeling one possession on Cedar Ridge McNeil. No. Neither is the computer. Uh, it has uh, Cedar Ridge by twenty six. Okay. All right. Twenty six six A. The computer says Westlake by fifty three over Buta Johnson. Uh, it has Drip by thirty two over Anderson. It has. Um, I think Anderson will make it a little closer. but Okay. Uh, it has uh, – it, it thinks the best game will be Austin High and Del Valley. Yes, that will be. Uh, Del Valley <laughs> by two. Yeah, will and be uh, as they, those two play out the string. And uh, Lake Travis and Bowie has Lake Travis by 16 oh, man. In, in, in that one. Uh, that's in um, – in, uh, I would love to go to that Del Valley-Austin High game, but – why is that? Well, because uh, they both are done after tonight. Right. And uh, I think Austin High is sneak. I, my vision for them, and I want a soapbox on it, is that if they s- somehow drop down to 5AD1, the kids they have right now, which includes Nelson Wright, who's the younger brother of Charles Wright, and I don't think anybody knows about, uh, and Bryce. Anyway, I think they got a really good team. Anderson and, and Austin High, I think if the enrollments can drop them down to 5A, I think you can actually – Talk about those teams mm. having some success. All right. If I offered you the choice of Austin High against Del Valley or Georgetown against Cedar Park, which game are you going to? <laughs> Georgetown. Uh-huh. Cedar Park. That's what I thought. Okay. Uh, the game, of course, uh, is at the Georgetown ISD Athletic Complex at uh, Eagle Field. Beautiful. Stadium. Yeah. And uh, it, uh, it likes uh, Georgetown by nine over Cedar Park. Uh, by the way, that stadium also – will play host to a big rivalry game on Saturday. Southwestern is playing Texas Lutheran. Remember last year when we had Joe Austin and we were talking that there really needed to be a Toll 130 trophy yeah. because they sit at opposite ends of, of Toll Road, Toll 130. I mean, I mean the, the Southwestern campus is just off the Toll Road in the town on University Avenue. It's, it's, it's not far from it. And the same thing with Texas Lutheran. The Toll, the southern terminus of Toll 130 is where it meets I-10 in Seguin. And the Texas Lutheran campus is not far from that. So they're pretty close to the toll road. So I I was all about uh, the fact that there should be a Toll 130 trophy. And, and, and you know what? Maybe it's, uh, it's uh, Tesla. 
Yeah, there you go. The Tesla Trophy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, whoever wins it this year could retire it perhaps forever unless they play a non-conference. Remember, Southwestern is leaving the American Southwest Conference next year. They're going to the Southern Collegiate Athletic Conference, which they already compete in in the other sports. So, you know, who knows? might be the last time, at least for the foreseeable future, that they play. Um, Somebody did say Flatonia, and i got to say, I don't follow Flatonia, but I do know that they – are really good and they have a really good record. And I yeah, honestly, don't know much about Flatonia, what about them. But well, they're, every every time on the Specs text line, somebody shouts out Flatonia. Well, yeah, Flatonia. yeah, dogs okay. are good and they love and that's kind of near Lockhart. I'm I'm not really quite well, sure. Well, it's it's east of that. It's okay. it's right along I ten, like you're going to. But a Houston. lot of horn listeners in Flatonia. Well, sure, yeah, absolutely. So, We're glad to have shout them. Shout out to y'all uh, uh, alongside. All right, um, in five uh, A Division two. In uh, 12-5A D2, um, you would expect LBJ to be a big kick, but not nearly the big pick that they've been in other games. What was it last week? Remember, we told you that LBJ, according to the computer, was 103 points better than uh, Eastside, and they scored 96 and could easily have gotten the 103 if they wanted. They Obviously, Jamal Fenner had his team taking these starting early third quarter. Uh, Y'all got to stop by admonishing Coach Fenner on, on Twitter it makes me mad. Well, it's for people that don't understand the district and, and how the difficult. I, I know some folks have admonished the AISD yep. for opting them up. And it's weird when you think about it. They were a 4A school. They were opted up. Normally, when you go up, the competition is more difficult than if you're going down. And you're not allowed to opt down under UIL uh, realignment procedures. And so they opted up. That was a financial consideration, obviously, to save money on travel instead of having to get on the Yellow Dog and, and truck it out to Fredericksburg, an afternoon drive, uh, rush hour, or up to Lamb Passes, you know, that kind of thing, uh, because they do have a 4A enrollment. Um, where, where the rubber's going to meet the road, and Jamal Fenner will be the first to tell you this, the rubber's going to meet the road when they get on into the 5A Division II playoffs. So everybody that's saying, oh, they should, they, uh, they should not be in 5A D2, they should be higher up, this and that, it's going to get tough. It's going to get tough when they have to play a team round one, like a well, even round one, whether it's Rouse or Elgin, and then and then there are teams like Dayton or Port Natchez Groves, and eventually down the road the monster Fort Ben Marshall. So, I'm just saying, for those who are you know admonishing, as you say, to use your word, um, you know the the note comes due. When you get on down into the playoffs, and they and they know that, and that's why they're trying to get uh, ready for it as well. In 2012, I saw Maynard beat Fort Ben Marshall uh, yeah. in an epic game down in San Antonio, Alamo Dome. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And Fort Ben Marshall uh, then went to back-to-back state finals, couldn't win it because they were going up against Alito and and couldn't beat them. Uh, but uh, James Williams has a really good ball club there at Fort Ben Marshall. Uh, to get back to what I was saying, the computer only, and I use quotation marks, only has LBJ by 35. For Crockett, because Crockett's had a good season. They're six and three. Coach Norton's had that ball club uh, ready to go. They it, it, listen mathematically. Crockett can claim a share of the district title if they win, and it would create a three-way tiebreak because it's pretty safe to assume, I think, that um, McCallum is going to beat Eastside. So if that happens, it would be a three-way tie for the district title at six and one. Then you go to point differential at that point. So. Well, you know, LBJ is going to – well, I guess you cap it, but when you think it, about 96 there's a seven, nothing, There's an 18-point cap. Remember they got the 18 for yeah. the win over Northeast? I do. So, 
So oh, that seems like ancient history. I know it does, doesn't it? Northeast has uh, controls its own destiny. A win uh, for the Raiders over Navarro, and they're in. They're in with everything that program's gone through. They're in. Navarro still with a shot. If they can beat him, they would need some help. Also, Travis still with an outside shot, uh, and uh, and they're playing Lassa. So there's still a lot to sort out. We're going to sort out a lot of that stuff. We'll do it on the broadcast tonight. Uh, for LBJ, we'll talk about that, um, and uh, and then uh, you know we'll we'll see how it all shakes down for next week. You heard if you didn't hear Drew Sanders last hour tell us no matter who Vandegrift faces in the by district round, be it Bowie or Lake Travis, the game will be Friday night at seven o'clock at Monroe Stadium. That's a definite. So and obviously wherever Lake Travis uh, is playing, whether they play and they're going to play either. Uh, Lake Travis is either going to play at Round Rock or Vandegrift. If Vandegrift goes to Division One, it would be at Vandegrift. If Vandy goes to Division Two, then they would play at Round Rock. In either case, they're going to be playing Friday night in the Bidester ground of the playoffs, and you would hear it here on the horn. All right, up next, uh, we will have uh, Jeff Howell be back with our, our Longhorn Notebook with a recap of the Sark media availability. also got an NBA note for you. Uh, coming up, Snoop. So we'll get to that coming up when we continue with Light the The Tower. Lakers are terrible? Did you watch the game last night? No. All right, I'll get to the note coming up. Because right. I did. I did. I, after the World Series game. Uh, Light the Tower on the Horn, 104.9. 1019 AM 1260. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Light the Tower on the Horn. And uh, just one other one other note. Uh, Snoop, I was mentioning our good friend Thomas Jones from the Austin American Statesman, and he was he was doing like I was doing uh, the last few days, number crunching and going through uh, uh, the playoff possibilities. <laughs> I really like uh, what he what he says about eleven five A Division One. Okay, so this is Cedar Park and it's Georgetown and you know, A and M A and M consolidated and uh College Station pretty much playing uh, for the district title. However, Thomas points out in the eleven five A Division One tiebreaker scenario, if Cedar Park beats Georgetown, Cedar Park would jump to number three and Georgetown would fall to number four. If Cedar Park beats Georgetown and then College Station and Consol both lose because they've already played. So if they lose their games, which is not likely to happen, I don't think, because isn't one of them playing Pflugerville yes. or, I mean, or playing Connolly and then the and then the Hendrickson. other Hendrickson. Uh-huh. And then the other playing Glenn. If 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 College Station and Gonsal both lose and Cedar Park 
beats Georgetown. It's a four-way tie at the top. And then he says, cats start barking, horses wear people clothes, and Barton Springs starts to boil. Horses wear Jordans, apparently. Yeah, there you go. Already. Uh, so, uh, yeah, there you go. Um, so. I guess, you know, uh, Hendrickson would have to beat C-Stat, but I wouldn't rule out Glenn not winning their okay. final game of the year. Uh, A&M right now consolidated is a plus four. College Station's a minus one, and Georgetown is a minus three. So that's where they are if they were to wind up in a three-way tie for that deal. So, uh, anyway, all right, uh, you did hear Jeff Howe back, which means it's time for our Longhorn Notebook. Jeff Howe's Longhorn Notebook. A Longhorn Notebook brought to you by Aaron Bowersock, the home loan expert. Check her out on the web at bowersockteam.com. So, Jeff, fresh from the Sark Zoom media availability, did it go as you expected and not a great deal of revelation with respect to injured guys trying to get ready to play. You want his injury update on Anthony Cook and Ryan Watts? I have a feeling I know what it is, but go ahead and say it. Quote, they both look pretty good to me, end quote. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, not much. We we ran down that in the first hour again. Ryan Watts sounds like he he's trending towards being good to go. Yep. Anthony Cook still very much up in the air at this point, and Jalen Gilbo uh, iffy with the ankle injury. So those are kind of the three updates on the back end. Uh, I'll have more on this when I'm on with uh, Chad and Zay at okay. 1 o'clock. But um, two things I, I did want to get to, because mm-hmm. um, I did get in two questions on this Zoom call. It's very rare I get in two questions on a Zoom call, but I did. Um, the first one I asked Sark was about sudden change offense, because – this is a game, Craig, where you're going to have to maximize your opportunities. Mm-hmm. And you look at the two conference losses, they had drives that started in plus territory. The uh, You had the, uh, the when they stopped Texas Tech on fourth down at the start of the second half, they got the ball in plus territory. And then the muffed punt in the Oklahoma State game where they got the ball in plus territory. Neither one of those possessions ended up at points. And when you're talking about one-score losses – those things add up real quick. And Sark even referenced something I didn't bring up, which was the block punt against Iowa State. Mm-hmm. And they got they didn't get points on that drive because mm-hmm. they didn't move the ball, missed a field goal. He brought up those things that you're that you're getting into now on Longhorn Weekly, which airs tonight at seven o'clock about gotta take advantage of plus territory, red zone territory. Yeah, and, and he said it's 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 the coaches reinforcing to the players what's expected right there. It's it's him as a play caller dialing it up and it's guys executing just everybody with a heightened sense of urgency. So those are the kinds of drives you can't have. I know we talk about extend drives, don't expose your defense, all that fun stuff that we like to talk about. But it's also, man, if you get in a plus territory, man, you you gotta you gotta at least get three. But man, ideally, you really want to take those those sudden changes, those short fields, and and put it in the end zone. So he did say that they worked on the bye week to clean that up. Also, something that we've talked about a lot. You'll hear it tonight, uh, also on the Longhorn Blitz podcast after Longhorn Weekly. You can hear that tonight, eight o'clock here on the Horn. Talked about defending the middle of the field defensively, and he said generic, just kind of generally speaking, the big thing that they looked at during the bye week and this week is defending in-breaking routes. Like we talked about the glances, the slants, the posts, uh, generally in-breaking routes. He's like defending those on third down. He said third down is where that stuff, regardless of opponent, is killing them. Compared to the Oklahoma State game, 
He said K-State's offense just presents you with so many different things. Because we know, like, Mike Gundy, that offense is very slot receiver heavy, slot receiver reliant. But he said basically the outside receivers at K-State, you know, we know Malik Knowles is a guy that can stretch the field and get vertical. Uh, as much as they like to use Deuce Vaughn in the passing game, get him isolated. And Sark mentioned Deuce Vaughn specifically. It's one of the things that makes him a tough matchup is because they'll move him around hunting matchups, hunting favorable situations where they can get him the football so he's not stationary. They do like to move him all over the place. And we saw it in a game in Manhattan two years ago. Granted, it was a different play caller. It was Courtney Messingham, not Colin Klein, but they would just put Deuce Vaughn in the slot and just run him on simple slants or, or glances over the middle of the field. So they do present uh, different problems for you than Oklahoma State did, but in general, uh, defending in breaking routes on third down defensively is something Sark said they hammered home during the bye week. I also thought this was interesting. So Quinn Ewers mentioned this on Monday that Sark kind of used his own experiences of struggling in games as a college quarterback to help Quinn rebound from the Oklahoma State game. Uh, and I think it was Danny Davis from the States that asked the question and asked Sark, do you, do you remember an off game? And he knew exactly it was the, the BYU-Utah game, the Holy War, his junior year. He threw three picks in the first half, threw another one in the second half. Uh, he said his mom left the game because they were booing him off the field. Uh, then came back the next week. They played Fresno State for the WAC championship, and uh, he bounced back and lit it up. And he said he uses those type of experiences, obviously uh, not to toot his own horn, but just to tell Quinn Ewers, and this was a direct quote from Sark, one game should never define us. You've got to get up, you've got to get back on the horse, and you've got to ride again. So mm-hmm. Sark using his own experiences to kind of help Quinn Ewers get through this first real taste of adversity he's had in-game at the collegiate level. And then, Craig, kind of just the attitude of the team that we talked about in the first hour, and I know you guys get into this on Longhorn Weekly tonight, the fact that this team hasn't fractured, they haven't splintered, they're not finger-pointing. Sarks really like their resolve, their sense of urgency this week, said they had four really good practices this week. Describe it as, quote, the way you need to practice in November is what practices look like this week. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Got to be able to do that, that old, what is it, November to remember. Yeah. Type of thing. Uh, just real quick, somebody in the specs text line asking what's a glance route. That's what you'll see. It's basically a tag with an RPO and the run pass option. That's why they call it a run pass option. All right, now somebody might say, what's a tag? Yeah, well, <laughs> it's it. That's what the, the tag is the pass play on an RPO. Yeah. You have the run pass option. You can either hand it off. The tag is it'll be like a little uh, a glance. It's like a little skinny post. Uh, a little slant. Some people call it a glance. Some people call it different things. But that's basically what it is. It's it's the the in breaking pass tag on an RPO. Well, you pointed it out. I know you would. Rod got into it on the Blitz for folks who have not yet heard the Blitz podcast and hear that tonight. It's must listen every week. It is. And Rod had some real deep dive on those routes. Yeah, we got into those numbers in the Longhorn mm-hmm. Notebook yesterday. Uh, if I can, if you, actually, Craig, if you give me a second, I'm giving you a second. Up. And while I give you a second, I was I promised Snoop I was going to do this. Uh, I said I had an NBA nugget or two or note or two, and he said the Lakers terrible. Did you, Did you not see about the Lakers game last night? No. All right, after the World Series game, I flip over. The Lakers are playing the Pelicans, okay, and they're playing them in L.A. And part of the reason I'm uh, keeping up with that is is my co-host, along with uh, Greg Teppers on High School Scoreboard Live, Erin Hardigan, who does a great job on that, also does a great job. She is the studio host for Pelicans Live. Um, and I, I know people in these parts don't you know get Bel- Pelicans games unless you get the NBA package, and I, and I do get that. Subscribe to that, the uh, uh, NBA full-court package. So, um, so she was talking about this, that the Lakers – 
had a 12-point lead on uh, the Pels, I think at the half. They looked like they were in complete control of the game. In the fourth quarter, the Lakers, as they have been doing this season, start losing control of the game. Pels come back. Zion Williamson is playing, uh, playing his tail off. I think he had 27 points in the game. He's like dominating inside. LeBron can't contain him. And the Pels go up three, and there's uh, five seconds to go in the game. The Lakers come down. They try a three-pointer. They miss it. The Pelicans get the rebound, and the Lakers foul. There is 1.6 seconds to go in the game. They walk the other way. The Pels are going to the free throw line with a three-point lead with 1.6 to go. This really, this kind of stuff really usually only happens in the NBA. I, I've forgotten who it was. Might have been Larry Nance Jr. I can't remember who was on the foul line. Misses both free throws, and on the second miss, LeBron jumps up there. I don't think I've seen a player do this, although I'm sure it's happened many, many times, especially in the NBA. All in one motion, as he gets the rebound off the miss, he's signaling timeout. So only three-tenths of a second went off. So now they got 1.3, and they move the ball into the front court off their final timeout. They they inbound with 1.3 to go, and they run some action, and they set some screens, and somehow they leave Matt Ryan, not to be confused with the demoted Colts quarterback, <laughs> Matt Ryan open in the corner. He gets Matty it. Matty Ice knocking down trays. I'm telling you, he's, <laughs> he's falling, falling out of bounds, puts it up, swish, nothing but net. Goes to overtime. Lakers take over in overtime. They win by three. Sam Ellinger took his job. Snoopy's going to see if he can go yeah. take LeBron's now. Well, wow. this Matt Ryan is a little bit different because, referring to my friend Aaron Hardigan, on the post-game show, she mentions that Matt Ryan, one year ago today, the Lakers' Matt Ryan, was doing DoorDash. He was a DoorDash delivery guy one year ago. Wow. Now he's in the NBA, and he buries Won't he do it? a three-pointer to get it to OT, and the Lakers end up beating the Pels in overtime. Go from doing, so there it is. Doing DoorDash to playing with LeBron yep. in All right. a year. That's wild. All right. Did you find what you Yeah, I found for? Rod's numbers. So <laughs> in the last two games for Texas, this is, covers Iowa State and Oak State, so this is Hunter Deckers and Spencer Sanders. Uh, opposing quarterbacks have completed 77% of their passes when targeting glance routes, slants, or post routes. 66% of those targets converted for a first down or a touchdown, and 44% of those attempts gained at least 15 yards. So basically, two out of every three of those completions are going for a first down or a touchdown, and almost half are going for an explosive play. Wow. And then you get into missed tackles and all that other stuff. So some very telling numbers yeah. there. And by the way, we, won't, we don't have time to get into it today, right. but I'm sure Chad and Zay will get into it, speaking of the NBA that Josh Primo situation in San Antonio is getting real ugly yep. real fast. Yep, yep. Kind of like the Kyrie Irving situation. It's kind of ugly. Uh, Adam Silver's already spoken about that. Today. I do, yeah, on the, on, the, on the ugliness scale, they're both up there pretty high at this point. Absolutely. All right, uh, we'll be back to wrap up today's edition of Light the Tower on the Horn. And you're kind of glad of it. I've already been to Lubbock and Stillwater this year. so How much more punishment do you need, right? <laughs> I am going to Lawrence in a couple of weeks. Okay, well, there you go. Uh, well, I'll see you, Snoop, over at Burger because you'll be there later on as we bring you uh, Crockett and LBJ from Burger Stadium night 730. Uh, stay tuned. Chad and Zay are up next. And I'm on with those guys at 1 o'clock. Really stay tuned, okay? All right. I'll be back on Monday. Jeff and Snoop will be back with you tomorrow here on Life the Tower on the Horn. Hear that.
that sound. That's the original buffalo wing being fried to perfection at Anchor Bar. They invented the wing in 1964, and they're still the best in the game. Anchor Bar wings are made the real way with fresh, never-frozen chicken. They're tender and juicy on the inside, crispy on the outside, hand-tossed in any of their 23 award-winning flavors. Anchor Bar is the place to go for real wings, cold beer, and watching all the games on 50-plus TVs. Anchor Bar, real buffalo wings. Darren Hogan for Viking Fence. Five decades is the premier. Bet anything, bet anytime, and bet anywhere. As long as you're betting with my friends over at my bookie, you know you're betting with the best. Hey, it's Aaron Hogan. My great friends and your friends at Callahan's General Store are exercising.